Hello and welcome to the first podcast of 2017. Before I introduce this month's guest, I'm just going to give you a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes and you can also rate it there too. For those of you unsure how to rate it, five stars is the rating to go for. On this month's podcast, I'm joined by Crispin Lilly, who is CEO of the Everyman Group. Everyman operate a rapidly growing number of cinemas across the country. And as of the 12th of December 2016, DCM and Everyman started working together on what we hope will be a long and fruitful partnership. Hello, Crispin. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good. It is early this morning, so um, we're going to try and give the illusion of being erudite <laughs> and um, calm. To- yeah, calm and totally Connected. awake. There is some strong coffee in the room. Uh, for those of you who might not be aware, uh, can you just give a, a little bit of background on Everyman and what it is that makes your cinema special? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the Everyman... In its current format, really started back in sort of around 2002 with with our, you know the Everyman Hampstead, which is still the heart of our business. To be honest, it's a beautiful old, coming up on 100 year old cinema. A um, couple of uh, early investors, including Paul Weiss, who's still our chairman, sort of got involved in cinema. Then the cinema then knew nothing about cinema by their own admission, but knew they loved cinema um, and knew that they loved the great night out. And they spent a lot of time nurturing that building for a few years. Um, and finally, Paul managed to get some backing together in 2007, 2008 to uh, buy the Screen Group, which saw us go from one to um, seven venues overnight. And then there's been a growth story since then. We floated in uh, 2013. I joined the business two years ago, 2014. Um, just in those two years, we've, we've doubled in the number of sizes uh, venues we have, and, and we've now got 20. And, and, and Every one of those is about focusing in on just delivering the best possible cinema experience. In fact, we, we, we dwell on the night out, it's hospitality. What was brilliant about um, both Paul and, and the early backers was not knowing anything about cinema. They didn't approach it with any of the normal shackles of, of cinema. Um, they had great hospitality background in, in, in um, the directors and their experiences, great restaurant background. And, you know, we play to that and you see that in everything we do from, from the staff and employees and the teams that we employ to the food and beverage that we, we um, you know, we deliver and, and to be honest, the general approach to the night out. Um, so, so customers come to us for a terrific night out. Film is, of course, completely at the core of it. But um, I always like to use the phrase that we get people hooked back on cinema. We tend to appeal to the slightly older, slightly more discerning customers. But to be honest, our, our, our customer base is really broad. Um, and people come along, fall back in love with us. And then we have this amazing ability to start eking their interest in film out from there. So we're two weeks into 2017 now. How was 2016 for every man? 2016 for every man. I mean, it, it, it was a it was a terrific year. Uh, I mean, the market held up really well, generally anyway, in the background. I mean, obviously, 2015 was a tremendous year, um, and, and I think like for likes probably fell back slightly, but nothing um, uh, nothing crazy at all. Um, but on top of that, every man, we you know, we opened um, four new venues last year. On top of the fact that six that we'd opened in 2015 were maturing, so you know, it was a, it was a, it was it was a good year. You're talking about rapid expansion and you're opening lots of new venues. Uh, what's the plans for 2017? So 2017 at the moment, we have two new venues confirmed. We've got Stratford-upon-Avon that's opening um, in the summer and King's Cross at the end of the year. In actual fact, we, uh, we've had a bit of fun in King's Cross because we signed the deal for a new three-year 
uh, a, new three, a new three screen cinema in um, King's Cross uh, over a year ago now with Argent uh, up as part of that amazing new development at King's Cross. Um, and once we'd signed the contract, and as I say, that main venue opens in December, they came back to us and said, well, we've, got, we've actually got a bit, we've got a thousand square foot, which is tiny. It's not much bigger than most people's living rooms. Um, in, in an existing building that's ready, do you, do you want to go in and do something fun there? And so six, seven months ago, we opened literally a, a mini everyman up there, uh, and it's 27 seats. You walk in, it's actually a great um, screen and, and great sound for the size of the room, and there's a little bar in the corner, and we're already starting to infect the people of uh, King's Cross uh, that are discovering it as a venue, as, as a destination anyway, with the everyman experience, and uh, that'll build nicely. I recently went to Everyman in Muswell Hill, which uh, reopened. Mm. It was an old Odeon, reopened last year. And it is a beautiful space, one of these beautiful old Odeon cinemas. And a, a big part of what you do is transforming these old spaces, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes, it is. I mean, you know, we, we have opened some amazing new venues. Um, you know, whether it was the Birmingham Mailbox two years ago, Canary Wharf 18 months ago, you know, Stratford Avon, King's Cross this year will be new builds. And, and, and you know, I... I, I I'm quite proud to say that I, I love what we do there. But with um, some of the older cinemas that we had, but also with the Odeon um, venues that we, we purchased two years ago, we were over, able to overlay you know, what, what I think is an amazing design, look and feel, and approach to designing a venue um, onto these amazing old buildings that have so much character and tradition sort of built into the walls. And, and what's come out the other end in, in all the venues has been something special. Um, Muswell Hill, particularly so. I mean, I, I, I don't um, uh, worry about saying that. I mean, th this building was a 1930s building. It was one of the, the original, really beautiful picture palaces. You know, a massive single screen with circle and stalls, uh, 1,600 seats, I think, when it first opened in 36. Um, really plays the heyday of cinema. And, and unlocking that as we've done, you know, kind of combining the necessary needs of, of a modern day cinema you know being able to get a few, a few extra screens in etc but still maintaining the look and grandeur of that amazing number one screen is um it's so special i mean I've, I've been in the industry 25 years this year um you know you don't stay in an industry that long unless you actually love and, and have an affinity for it and and to stand in muswell hill back in november as i did and welcome you know a couple of hundred people into this magnificent auditoria was a very very special moment actually it's beautiful and when you regenerate a space like that which um previously has had such importance within the community do you see a knock-on effect within the community totally totally and, and and we do play to that community feeling and and when we go back into these small whether it's small suburbs of london or small villages or towns out and about like Gerrard's cross um you know, we play to the fact that we can bring something back into the heart of a town. Um, you know, multiplexes do a terrific job. They really do. They, you know, they they regenerate. You know, they they saved the UK cinema industry in the 90s, and and they still deliver a tremendous growth in admissions. Um, but you know, and I grew up with multiplexes. Um, and uh, but what I always said is maybe the multiplex never quite grew up enough with me. You know, so by the time I got to my age, you know, into my 40s and I've got kids and my time tends to be a bit more of a precious commodity than the actual money. So actually, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, if I do go out with my wife, you know, four times a year on our date nights, I want a really good uh, your return for that night out, the babysitter and everything. And and the convenience of being in the centre of town, not actually going into the real buzzing happening, you know, metropolis, which obviously loads of people love, but there's a good deal of people that don't, they want to get away from that. Um, we can deliver that. And and again, Muswell Hill, 
was a terrific example of that because um, Harringay Council was so supportive ultimately. I mean, this this building, Muswell Hills, grade two star listed building. I mean, the, the Harringay only have two of those in there. Um, in their borough, you know, the, which is our, our cinema there and, uh, you know, the Ali Pali. Um, and they were very rightly very, very defensive when we you know, first took over it and had big investment ambitions to be protective of it. And then very quickly we swung them to realize that we weren't going to be, you know, stripping it down and, and doing horrible things with it. And, and they turned around to being really good, strong advocates of every man and big supporters of us. So it's been a long journey. But it must be hugely rewarding to actually work with the existing period features as well. Totally. So many cinemas um, can feel quite soulless, but you know, when you've got a, these incredible features, just developing them and, and getting them back to their original glory must be rewarding. Yeah, and, and in some aspects it makes it easier because you know, some, sometimes you are literally just working out what colour to paint some amazing features. And, you know, we did so much work, learned so much the last 18 months on how you can date, uh, scrape back paint and date and find out what the original colour was. And, and we did all that, um, which is hard in its own way, but actually you're not changing, as you say, the features. It becomes more challenging. You know, the everyman experience is very much about having a whole night out and, and the bar and the environment outside of the auditorium is really key to us. And, of course, those venues weren't designed with natural big bar spaces. Um, so we've had to be creative and, and, and do things differently there and work closely with everyone to, to unlock that. But fundamentally, as you say, you're playing to such amazing character in the building that it, it, it delivers. You mentioned earlier that you've been in the cinema industry for 25 years. Um, that's quite don't, a long time. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, at previously <laughs> Virgin Cinemas, UGC, Cineworld. Yep. Um, what are the biggest changes you've seen in the industry? Oh, well, it's been vast. I mean, it's been vast. Tom, you've probably spoken about this before, but cinema died in 1984. I mean, it was on its knees. I mean, 54 um, million admissions yeah, in 1984. million admissions. And, and in 1946, it was 1.6 billion. You know, so it had gone down from people going 33 times a year to people going once a year. I mean, it died. TV had killed it. And, well, TV, TV had catalyzed the death of it, but actually it was the fact that uh, nobody tried to resist change. Nobody tried to think out of the box. Nobody tried to, you know, look at accept almost the change, but look at how you could work with it. And of course, what we all know, hindsight, which is so easy, is that TV and then the subsequent proliferation of alternative media, whether it's DVD, streaming, Sky Movie, Sky Cinema, sorry, whatever, whatever you 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 do it, it's actually brought this incredibly positive inward investment to film. And fundamentally, people are more in love with film now than I think they've actually ever been. Um, and so, sure, there's this massive opportunity for people to consume more. But what, what, the, what the resurgence from the mid-'80s showed um, is that the more people consume film in any format, the more interested they are still in going back to the cinema to see film. Um, and so when the multiplexes came, the first multiplex came in 85 and literally kick-started that recovery, um, yeah, it, was, it was transformational. Uh, and, you know, the growth from 54 million to 172 million um, in 2015, uh, you know, that, that, that's a tremendous growth in any market. So if you look at modern cinema, it's, it's never been healthier. You mentioned uh, we're at 172 million. How do you think we get up to the hallowed ground of 180 million and, up, uh, and upwards towards 200 million? Uh, well, I think 200 million is completely achievable um, ambition. Um, uh, it's. I think it's a combination. It, it basically, it's trying to do things, recognizing. You know, multiplexes came in and they recovered the market, but they recovered the market in a very generic manner. 
Um, they, you know, they're, they're trying to be all things to all men, and that serves a great part. That will always be probably the bedrock of, of the cinema industry. Um, but you know, in our own little way, you know, we, we're, we're going to be delivering two million admissions. Um, you know, if, if not this year, in the next year or two, um, you know, in its own little way. What I'm absolutely confident about is a massive percentage of that. Um, and indeed, the admissions that are delivered by the under, other independent operators are incremental. You know, if we didn't exist, these these people simply wouldn't be going to the cinema because they don't like the multiplex format. It's not knocking the multiplex format; it's just it's it's horses for courses. So we're we're delivering growth in in a in a in a, a market that's also actually growing the most because the 25 plus age groups are are have grown the most in terms of their interest in cinema. I also think Plexes are doing a terrific job. I think they're starting to see a lot of inward investment. I mean, the recent acquisition of Odeon AMC, that's going to give them capital to invest, which is terrific. You know, Cineworld have been going back and spending some terrific money on, on their existing cinemas. Um, and then they're all doing clever stuff too. So if you look at subscription cinema, um, unlimited, limitless out there, that genuinely fosters an increase in growth, yeah, predominantly in the 15 to 24s, which is also terrific. But you just have to think of new, dynamic, different things and, and not be afraid to, um, yeah, it sounds so twee and, and, and glib, but not be afraid to think out of the box, out of the box, and um, give something a go, however radical it might seem. The the the, the, the cinema industry is quite a very small industry actually, um, and um, you know it's been steeped in such tradition, which on the one hand is a terrific thing, but sometimes it makes us quite um, reticent to try new stuff, even though what's going on out in the wider world is is you know, can be yeah, it's, it's massive, and, and we can learn so much actually. So looking ahead into the future, what most excites you about the future of the cinema industry? <sighs> Film and growth. I mean, the growth piece does excite me. I do genuinely believe 200 million is, an, is, a, is a target we should not be worried about achieving. It's just going to take a bit of creativity and hard work. So if, if, I, if I could see us hit 200 million in the next 10, 15 years, that would be tremendous. Um, I do think that the, the, the investment and, and fundamental investment in the, in the venues uh, that we're all doing, I mean, I do, I'm sorry, self, self-plugging, but I get incredibly excited by what every man are doing. Um, and I think the opportunity for us is, is, is extraordinary. I think there's scores more sites than venues that we could open. Um, but fundamentally, it still comes back to film. Um, and, you know, we have, we're blessed now in exhibition. You know, there, there are over 800 pieces of content or film or, you know, event cinema released every year. I think the quality um, that is coming from every sector of those 800 films has grown. You know, whether it's the mainstream blockbuster titles, you know, some of which we do very well with, you know, the quality of a Star Wars or a Fantastic Beast is. is is, is brilliant. And these films are good as well. I mean, Exactly. That, that, I mean, that's my point. I mean, you know, if you don't like Star Wars, you're not going to go see Star Wars. But if you like Star Wars, if you like, like, like that genre, these are terrific films. You know, just like if you, if you like La La Land, if you like a musical, you are going to love La La Land. If you, if you don't like a musical, you're probably not. But actually, the quality of these films, the, the, and not just the money that's going in, actually, I think even distribution or production studios are getting more canny and, and have to as well play that part and not get carried away. You know, the, the number, Money going in isn't just the drive, but the, the technology, the talent, and, and fundamentally the downstream revenue opportunities for these films means that more, more, more are getting made. And, you know, okay, 800 films, I'm sure over half of them probably aren't that high quality, but the sheer scale of it uh, means that there is a lot of really good films out there, whether they're the small independent titles that we all love to see break out and succeed, or the big, you know, studio blockbusters. It's, it's exciting. So talking more broadly about the film slate, you mentioned La La Land. Now, La La Land to me feels like 
the ideal everyman film. Oh. Uh, is that? Would you say that's the case? Gosh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a house set. I've got to put my sensible everyman hat on here, not my personal hat. I mean, La La Land is, again, I was really lucky enough to see this film about three or four months ago, and I was lucky enough to see it in our Muswell Hill cinema. Um, and, and my only concern coming away from that, having just been so emotionally moved by the whole thing, was, you know, was I getting too carried away with it because of my history in, in, the, in, in the industry? Um, and, but what it's absolutely proved is that it's cut across all of that. It's cut across, it's found this incredible audience out there. But yes, it's biased towards, you know, the perfect everyman customer. I mean, independent cinemas in general are, are lapping up. Plexis are doing great business, but, you know, it really does appeal to the slightly older, slightly more discerning customer, which is right up our, uh, um, you know, that, that's our customer base. And what were the biggest films for Everyman in 2016? Well, the big, the biggest films, um, you know, we did do extraordinarily well with, with Rogue One, Fantastic Beast. Bridget Jones's Baby was huge for us. Um, so that, that sort of is the perfect combination. Yes, it was a big commercial success anyway, but disproportionately so for us. Um, and then you get things like um, Love and Friendship, Spotlight, uh, Big Short, all did really well for us. And, and the first quarter of any year, is always what we call, and I'm sure you've referenced it before, Tom, the awards season. Um, you, when you do tend to get the more quality, smaller, independent, potential breakout films come out, um, that's a very important quarter for us. It's what our audience laps up. And, and this year, actually, I, I think is probably the strongest for three years. If you go back If to, not longer, I think. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, certainly, you go back to, you know, uh, Wolf of Wall Street and um, uh, 12, 12 Years, years a Slave, yeah. and, and, and that, that, that year, three years ago, wasn't scarily. Um, you, you look at La La Land, I mean, thank goodness. <laughs> Again, the, the fear in this industry is we always overhype things too much. Uh, it's actually over-delivering against expectations. I think we've underhyped this I one. I think we have, which is quite incredible. Um, but you've also got great stuff like that. I mean, this, this Friday we've got Jackie and Lion coming out. I've probably just dated your podcast there. I'm sorry. <laughs> do a great we'll get it online to today, don't worry. But, we're, but I mean, um, La La Land's already up to eight and a half million. Absolutely. Um, we've got Manchester by the Sea, which I think is going to grow over the next few weeks. As you mentioned, La La Lion, Jackie. And then um, still to come, Moonlight, which um, we're mm. doing as DCM Tuesdays on the 1st of February. I think it's the strongest award season we've had at least since 2013, definitely. And it just gives this wonderful momentum. And we talk, we've talked about this. You need this momentum in cinema. Yeah. Bridget Jones's Baby got loads of people back into cinema in the middle of September of all times. And then three weeks later, you had Girl on the Train, which you know, then went crazy as well. And it was clearly this momentum of people going once, seeing a trailer for a great film, coming back again. And in the awards season, you, you get that as well. You get everyone coming in to see La La Land is going to have a fabulous night out. And they'll see the trailers for these other quality films. They'll come back out again, keep momentum going. So, um, in looking into the rest of the year, what films are you most looking forward to? Oh, I hate that question. <laughs> I can get so much answer, so much trouble for answering that question. Um, I, I love. Listen, um, I am a Star Wars man. No, I lo yeah, Episode Eight will be tremendous, but I'm equally as excited, not least because I've got two 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 young girls with, with Paddington. Although actually, they're probably getting to an age where I'll be dragging them along to see <laughs> that, but just to, as, as as the excuse. Um, but La La Land, I mean, I hate to go on about it. It was my film. I've been looking forward to this one coming out for, you know, four, four, year, four years. No, that would be a bit excessive. Since four, Whiplash, four probably, as well. Well, probably, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I do, I mean, I am, thankfully, you know, the perfect everyman customer. I mean, there is so much out there. I, I could, you know, I could go to one of our cinemas any, any week and, and take a chance on that and just enjoy watching film um, in, in, in a great venue, having a lovely night out. 
And you mentioned there's 800 films a year released. I mean, obviously, um, we as a, uh, consu- consumers probably only get to hear about two, 300 of those. Mm-hmm. How do you balance getting the big films on the cine- onto your screens? Because a lot of your cinemas have maximum five screens, that's correct? Oh, y- yes, and very few of those. And yes, more, exactly. More so like how do you balance getting the big films on and the quality smaller product as well? It's 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 really it's it's actually a tricky but it's, it's phenomenally difficult. Um, but it's a nice problem to have. Um, you know, we we rely on a lot of goodwill from distribution because clearly, when any whenever a distributor brings a film to the market, you know they're trying to protect that film and maximise its revenues. So, but in a two or three screen cinema, you have to rely on goodwill and long term understanding to say, listen, we need to have two or three films in that screen and and you know share up. But it's it, it is a case of literally my film team who have obviously the worst job in the world um, watching lots of films trying to put an agnostic hat on and saying look what will our audiences like I might personally really like this but is there a really good commercial audience for that within every man um, and you know how can we do something clever with some of them too so I mean some some films you know, still program themselves La La Land programmed itself we just wanted it everywhere um, then you take a film like Manchester by the Sea and then maybe some smaller films coming up like The Founder um, you know it's not going to be able to play everywhere on day one so you know we find some good homes for it on day one um, and then what we'll try to do is bring it back or bring it around the wider circuit over the following couple of weeks with odd shows and special shows and stuff and and our customers are, are, are happy to do that you know they will look out for it our managers have great relationships with with our, our team uh, sorry with our customers so you know they will they will guide them say listen we might not be able to show it on day one but you know within the next two weeks we, we we're going to have some shows come back and see us then that that's the challenge but it's a nice challenge and i mentioned in the intro that DCM and Everyman started working together on the 12th of December. Yes. How do you think brands and cinema can work together a bit more closely? Or what can we do better? Uh, I think it, you know, everyone knows film and cinema is really exciting. Um, and it's a superb opportunity for those the right brands that, that want to play to the emotions of people to, to get involved. Um, we've had a tremendous brand partnership last year, still ongoing, with Sean Board. Um, and they... It's it's not just about. I mean, obviously, we're 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 really grateful to people who, who come along and and take space in our advertising reel. But when such someone like Shambo comes along and has the insight and says, "Listen, yes, I, I want I want to get my advert in front of." Th- you know these people that are all sitting down, and you know probably for the only time this week, sitting back, focused on a screen, and actually receptive to being sold something if it's done well that's pretty unique in 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 the world today and it's still the power of cinema in terms of straightforward advertising but then what Sean Bordeaux is say but we want to be part we don't we want to be part of that too we want to actually you know touch the audiences and you know so you know, we do everything them they support us around events every Monday our members get a free Sean Bordeaux drink we do partnership events with them and that then becomes really integrated and hopefully this is the sales pitch anyway you know there is a halo effect for Sean Bordeaux through, through being associated with every man. Um, and and th- th- there's lots of opportunities for that. The more we do lots of clever stuff, we do lots of events, we do lots of um, different um, content strands that, that we can all work with partners. We can work with partners on all of them. 
Well, I think that just about wraps it up. Thank you for joining me today, Crispin. And I'll be back next month. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Was it it five stars? Five stars is the one to go for. Uh, And you can write something nice as well. In fact, uh, the five stars is important. You can write whatever you like, to be honest. Um, (laughs) I'll be back next month uh, with another special guest and um, have a great January. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.